Hello, I'm Hilary Alexander, and I'm working with Debenhams to put the spotlight on its amazing portfolio of designers. Back in 1996, Debenhams became the first high street name to introduce a designer collection, and that was when it launched the J by Jasper Conran range. Over the last three decades, however, the lineup has grown to include more than a dozen of Britain's best designers, including Jenny Packham, Julia MacDonald, Preen, Matthew Williamson, and Henry Holland, among others. But today we're going undercover to talk to Elisa Rager. She's the designer behind Rager by Janet Rager, which is one of the top selling lingerie brands at Debenhams. Tell me how you got involved in lingerie. I know that your mother founded the brand um, back in the 1960s. How did you get into it? Well, Really strangely, Hilary, I've never not been into it. I've never not been involved. It's often been written that I grew up under the cutting table. That's completely wrong. I grew up on top of the cutting table. I used to sit on the cutting table. And in fact, when I got big enough, I made a big dent in it and was no longer allowed to sit on it because all the fabric would roll into the middle. (laughs) And what do you remember about underwear at that time? What sort of things was your mother designing? Oh, my God, that's a really hard question because she was always designing so many different ranges and there were so many pieces in the collection. Mm -hmm. But I always remember there being so much lace and fabric and samples and often I would get samples because it didn't quite work out. And I remember being sent things at school. In fact, at school, it was very difficult to not have my underwear stolen. I used to wash it very carefully and put it on my own radiator in my room to dry. Otherwise, if we put it in the drying room, it would be gone by the next morning. What, all the other girls were envious? Yeah, they used to steal my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's because at the time um, when your mother started... um, I think underwear had a fairly sort of boring reputation. It was utilitarian. You know, we're talking about the 60s. Uh, Things were, it was the onset of sort of elasticated fabric. It was the beginnings of elastication. So it was black, white, shrimp, pink, roll-on, I think, was a a sort of big roll-on knickers. Um, And sometimes they had suspenders. Yes, they did. They did. And it it was all about functionality. It wasn't about being pretty. There was a few very high-end Italian companies making beautiful lingerie. It was Pintuck and it was very elaborate and very intricate um, and very, very pretty, but there was nothing sort of sexy or it wasn't extravagant. Mm. It wasn't fashionable. So when your mother start, you know, started doing this sort of flirtatious, provocative um, you know, bra and knicker sets, um, people sort of poo-pooed the idea, didn't they? Well, they did. And particularly people in the industry, they all said, oh, you know, you'll be, you'll be broke within a few weeks. No one's going to buy this. Women are not going to want this. They want the practical stuff that they can just throw in the machine. And when she started making silk underwear, they went, nobody in their right mind is going to iron anything. <laughs> you're, forget it. It's not going to happen. But she proved them all wrong. Mm, how wrong they were. Because, I mean, today... Um, it's difficult to imagine um, bra and knickers without lace or without satin or silk, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And, and I'm still seeing things that are reflective and and the inspiration of her design from even 20 years ago. Now, when did you actually become involved in the design process yourself, Elisa? Well, I've been I've been involved in the design process with an opinion for a very long time. Cause, you know, I'm a little bit opinionated, <laughs> but... After my mother's death, um, I I took over the business Mm -hmm. 
and I'm 100% committed, involved. And the design process with Debenhams is between me and the Debenhams mm. design team for laundry. So I'm, I'm very much involved in it on a day-to-day basis. I'm very much involved in the initial design stage, the storyboard stage, the sample stage. You know, I have my input right the way through. Right. Now, this, um, the Rager, my Janet Rager for Debenham started, what, 2000, 2001? 2000. 2000. And was that your first sort of venture, shall we say, into kind of mass market in yes. a way? Yes, it was. We had been licensing up in that point with affiliated products such as homeware, which we are still doing, eyewear, which we're still doing, um, related products, but this was our first venture into a more democratic price point. So beautiful lingerie for everybody. Mm. How did that change, um, or did it change indeed, the way you approach design? The only way it changed is it became far more number driven Mm -hmm. and far more scientific and far more mathematical. When I was working with my high end range, with my Janet Rager Couture, which I hope to be reintroducing very soon, but that's another story for another day, um, the price didn't really have such an importance. Mm -hmm. If it costs £5 more or £10 more, people would either buy it or not buy it. And we weren't talking about massive volumes. Working with Debenhams is a much more disciplined and scientific approach because it has to fit fantastically, it has to look amazing, and it has to fit into a price point. Mm -hmm. And it has to be very, very targeted. So we are very focused always. Do you find that there's um, sort of a favourite colour or... You know, what are the things that women most shop for? Well, we found, I mean, you know, in our experience, and we've had now, you know, a number of years, black... Still. Still. Yeah. Black lace, it's like animal print. You can do no wrong with it. It goes on forever. Mm-hmm. You never have enough black lace in your wardrobe. We made a recent discovery some years ago that white, white lace, women love white, whether mm-hmm. they're brides or not. Our bridal ranges are a huge success and we don't know, are these brides or are these women that are buying white and ivory because they love it? Mm. Um, pink never goes wrong. Really? Pale, like pale like pink. shell ba- pink? Baby pink. Mm. Pale pink. You can never go wrong with baby pink. Um, and then we have fashion colours. You know, we always have to spice it up a little bit, keep it interesting. We had a beautiful shade of dark, dark sort of gold last season. We did an amazing emerald green last season because, you know, it was all about the emerald green. So we do keep it interesting with a few colour mm. highlights. But black is always in there. Uh, red is always in there for the autumn season, a varying red. shade of red. Absolutely. Do you know that surprises me because I always associate, you know, scarlet or red underwear with men <laughs> buying the wrong underwear for Valentine's Day, for example. And oh, yet women buy red for themselves. You see, I love a red set of underwear under black or navy or dark grey. If you're wearing something very conservative, a beautiful pop of red bra. Fabulous. Well, I must admit, recently I bought um, a bright orange bra and knickers set. And it's my absolute favourite. Now, you see, I would never buy bright orange, but I would buy red. (laughs) (laughs) Now, tell me something else about the sort of background to the Janet Rager company. How long have you got, (laughs) Hilary? Oh, I've got hours. (laughs) But I know that 
um, sort of ever since your mother set up the company in the, in 50, the 60s. 50 years ago. We've just had a 50th anniversary. That's incredible. But you must have some wonderful sort of celebrity stories to tell. Can you let us in on a few secrets? Oh, my God, there's so many. I don't know where to start. You know, we shut the shop for um, various celebrities, pop stars, pop stars, wives. We've had... Um, at the time, Angie Bowie walking around more or less naked in the shop. It was closed for her. And I gather, um, um, was it Courtney Love who Courtney stripped Love, off completely? Courtney Love, she did. She was absolutely stark naked because she wanted me to help her with her underwear. And I said, and sort of to see the material you had to work with. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. She, I mean, there was there was nothing barred there. She was all out there. Um, and, and many celebrities, you know, who who bought for weddings. Katie Holmes bought her trousseau for the for rather, rather ill-fated wedding. wedding to Tom Cruise. Yep. Wow. Are you allowed to tell us what colour she bought? There was a lot of peach. Really? And I remember there being a beautiful dressing gown, a negligee with feathers. All oh, You remember those. Do you remember we oh, used the to feather do, ones? The feather, yeah. She had that in a pale peach. And we did that also in a see-through sort of... Um, like a chiffon, a very, very transparent chiffon, also with the feathers. But you also did um, Diana, Princess of we Wales, did. her wedding trousseau, didn't we you? We did, we did. She came in, it was all very hush-hush. And But she was quite a regular customer, as was Fergie. Mm. And did Fergie have a colour preference you could talk about, or perhaps you're well, not I allowed to say? I don't want to get into it, but she was a lot of fun, and she certainly knew what she liked, and she was a very confident young woman. And you've also um, sold to Madonna, Tina Indeed. Turner, Cher? All of them. We also had m- many royalty uh, families, families from the Middle East, who we would go to them. Saudi royal family, Bahraini royal family, all of them, we would go to them. We'd go with these massive cases of samples and fabrics and we would make for them. What, make to order? Make to order, everything made to order. And then it would all arrive wrapped in tissue and in boxes and ribbon. It was spectacular. And they would pull everything out, throw it in a heap and send it all to the laundry. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What's the most expensive bra and knickers set you've ever made? I mean, have you made one that's sort of perhaps trimmed with ermine or sable or hand-embroidered with 5,000 roses? Well, we, or... we, we've never done that sort of that diamond thing that I know a, a, another company has. But we have made some really expensive bespoke. Um, I'm trying to think. I think the most expensive was a was a short embroidered robe. We did a short one and a long one, and it had the, the feathers, and it was completely done with Swarovski. And I think that was about 4,000 pounds. Wow, that's a lot to spend, yeah. isn't it? I mean, considerably more expensive than the sort of twenty-two pound bra. Well, the from 22, your Debenhams range, the twenty-two pound bra is something that everyone can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Do you find that women are buying more underwear now? Do you think? I think women are buying more underwear because they are more aware that different underwear has different functions, mm-hmm. and they are more in tune with the functionality of their wardrobe and far more educated about it. Mm. So they would have underwear, let's say, T-shirt needs a T-shirt bra. Right. A beautiful black dress to go out in your little black dress mm. needs a beautiful black lace Set yes. of underwear or Probably a red one, one of those underwired ones. Yeah, or definitely. Balconette. Absolutely. So 
different bras have different functions, just as different items of your wardrobe have mm-hmm. different functions. You wouldn't wear, you know, a pair of high heel pumps for everything. Well, you you might. <laughs> you might. <laughs> now, you mentioned um, we were talking um, about colour. And I think the changes in the way people, you know, wear lingerie. For example, um, I'm sure you'd remember, probably in the 70s, it would be absolute sort of social death to let a bra strap show. You you wouldn't want it. Well, you just didn't. And you didn't have bras showing through. And I think, for example, Madonna did a huge thing by that whole underwear for outerwear outerwear, trend, which was which really started in the 80s mm-hmm. and hasn't really ever gone away, much like the black lace, much like the leopard print. These are looks that are here to stay. Mm. It's always about being appropriate. And I think, too, you know, with so many kind of off-the-shoulder styles or those sweaters that are designed to slip off one shoulder, um, it's rather nice to see, you know, a piece of teal green definitely lacy bra strap. Definitely. Or, or a little... We're, we're even making bra straps with a wider lace strap right. or even a whole shoulder of lace to you know so it can be actually so it can be seen under that shoulder bare shoulder look yeah. so it's much more a garment actually or, or, or a fashion accessory yeah. in well, a way well my mother very much made lingerie a fashion accessory she made it part of a fashionable wardrobe whereas prior to that lingerie had a function as opposed to a purpose mm-hmm. Now, as we're celebrating 100 years, you know, of the suffragettes and since some women, I think not all, but some women um, were given the vote, how do you think um, the idea of sort of women and underwear or women and lingerie has changed in, say, a century? What do you think would be the key changes? It's a very interesting question and a very long question. When my mother started in 1966, 1967. This was the era full on of women burning the bra. It Mm -hmm. was, you know, the beginning of women's liberation. Burn your bra because it was seen as an object of uh, women's... Sort of being repressed? Yeah, women's repression Mm. um, and being encased and and being formed the way a man Almost like a corset. Yeah, yeah. it was the, the extension of the corset. Whereas... My mother founding her business in the midst of this burn your bra. And she said, no, it is not about burning your bra and letting your boobs hang down to your knees if if you were that (laughs) big. It's not about that at all. Women's liberation is not about how you look Mm -hmm. and making yourself look unattractive. Women's liberation is about making yourself look the way you want to and having the money to do it yourself. So if you want to have a beautiful bra, underwear, clothing, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, the liberation aspect comes in that you are earning your own money. Mm-hmm. You are independent. You are not dependent on a man to buy that yes. for you, be it your husband, your boyfriend, your father. Or whatever. Because women went from the father's home mm. to the husband's home and were provided for. Yeah. The whole thing about women's liberation is we now earn our own money. Mm. It's lovely to get a gift. <laughs> but... Just as nice to know that you can buy it yourself. No, I completely agree with you. And I think that, in a way, that was exactly what Coco Chanel was trying to do with her approach to design, you know, to get women out of restricting corsets and put them into clothes that made them feel more confident. So she did it with outerwear. 
Um, but yes. I think also your mother, you know, to a certain extent, did it with the undergarments. Well, where she was a pioneer and she was one of the first, my mother also was one of the first women to go out to work and to make a career and to have a career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I remember when I was at school, my mother was one of the few women that worked. And that was considered rather rather odd. Well, it was, yeah, it was, it was very strange. Mm. And, and to be financially independent and to be, you know... In mother, control of a business. Yeah, and, and my mother said, mm. you know, the whole thing about liberation, and I was always brought up to be independent. Mm-hmm. What do you think um, underwear does for a woman today? What, how, what do you think its chief kind of qualities are? What does it give a woman? Well, I think in its most basic, it's your foundations for your outfits. Mm-hmm. You need good fitting underwear so your clothes fit well. You can't have a good fitting dress, jacket, shirt, whatever, if your boobs are all over the place. Right. You need the structure, you need the foundation, you need the basis. Mm-hmm. Then on a, on a more um, visual level, I think beautiful underwear or well-fitting underwear, I think it's about making ourselves feel good. So you get dressed in the morning, you put something attractive on. It's very much the... Underwear, shoes, lipstick. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's. It's confidence too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when our underwear fits properly, we're not fidgeting. Mm. So you already feel good. You're in control. You feel comfortable. I think it's very important that we wear an outfit that we own it, whether it's gym wear. Yeah. And this whole athleisure wear, you know, the whole thing has come full circle. The athleisure wear now, it's totally acceptable. And even then, you know, you need to have the right underwear. You can't have, you know, your VPL across your bottom <laughs> half because it would just look awful. So underwear, it's its very, I think underwear is a very integral part of the entire outfit. Mm. And it's all part of making ourselves look good and feel confident. And when we look good and feel confident, we perform better. Mm. Thinking now about sort of um, trends in lingerie, obviously you remember the thong. How could we? How could we forget it? Dental floss, people used to call it. Um, how long do you think that really lasted? I don't think again it's ever gone away. Really? Absolutely. I was just considering because I was walking around a shop recently, and I noticed there were very, very, very few thongs on sale. So I wonder. You think it's still around if people want... They are definitely still around. I don't think they're quite as... Um, they're not quite as cheese pear as they were. <laughs> they are more comfortable today, and I think we have learned a lot. And this is the thing with any clothing evolvement. Mm-hmm. We learn as we go along, cuts change a little bit, fabrics evolve. So the thong of today is not the thong of the 80s, which was a bit more of a cheese pear. Yes, and also you remember the ghastly sight of the low-slung jeans Absolutely. and the thong elastic. Well, we did the jewel one. I cannot tell you how many what? thousands we sold of those. What did that look like? Well, it was beautiful. It was a it was a mesh, it was a, a lycra mesh. Mm. It was very pretty at the front, and at the back it had a Swarovski jewel about this big, and it was perfect for that. You know, the low jeans, yes. which were the big big thing. Yeah. Low low jeans, knickers higher, yeah. and you had this beautiful sort of jewel on what sort would be on the base of your spine. Yeah. yeah. Thousands of them, Hillary. We sold thousands. We still scratch our heads in meetings thinking, what can we think of to replace that? 
<laughs> now, one thing I've noticed, um, which I think is a new development as well, um, in the Rager by Janet Rager range at Debenhams, is this little, it, I don't know whether you'd call it a camisole or a top, a crop top. It's very, very pretty. I've seen it in white lace and black lace. It's sort a sort of, of mesh. crop top. It's a crop yep. top. And again, it, it feeds right into this underwear for outerwear mm-hmm. or just underwear to be seen. So you would wear that with a sweater. You would wear, as you were speaking, the sweater that falls off the shoulder. Right. It's worn to show. Right. Or you could wear it under a sort of black tuxedo. Absolutely. Um, and then you know, it would, rather than just having bare flesh. Yeah, depending on your age and your body and your body shape and your confidence. You know, you could definitely wear it under a jacket. What about sort of looking ahead into the future, say in 20 years' time? Do you think we're still going to be wearing bras and knickers? Or do you think something is going to come along like a sort of, I don't know, a sort of a cyber, robot. A robot <laughs> cyber suit or... Um, or maybe made of some kind of high-tech plastic? or Do you see changes like that happening? That's a really interesting question. I don't really know. Um, things are moving so fast. And when you think of where the athleisure trend has mm. gone in such a short period of time, yeah. I mean, did you ever think 10 years ago that it would be perfectly okay to walk around all day long in leggings and trainers? No. No. And it's not only is it okay, yeah. it's cool. Well, I'm wearing leggings and, and trainers today. You look so cool <laughs> and you look so cool doing it. So that's a completely different um, aspect from 10 years ago, mm. 20 years ago, we were all in suits. You know, people, yeah. unless you're in the legal profession, people don't really wear suits anymore. Mm. I think, yes, legal and banking. Yeah. They still need to wear, you know, like a skirt suit or a trouser suit. But... Where will we be in 20 years? Well, our bodies will still need a little bit of help with shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it will be built in. Maybe we'll all be wearing these sort of onesies that are incredibly, you know, like the the latest ski pants, <laughs> ski suits. I don't know if you've seen them. They're amazing. They're this high-tech, amazing, full-on lycra content, hold everything in, zip up the front. Maybe they'll have that wiring inside and heating inside and air conditioning inside. I'm getting carried away here. <laughs> <laughs> the space-age bra and knickers. Yeah. <laughs> what about coming up in the next, um, sort of for the new season, what what can we look forward to? Lots of pink. Really? What, that shell pink? or Pretty pinks. Shocking uh, pink? Not this season, mm-hmm. but I do love a shocking pink. A few shades of grey. Really? Because of the movies? Well, you know, we like to stay topical. Right. And also, grey sells very well. Women really? like grey. Pale grey, dark grey, it always sells well. And you don't mean sort of silver? You're not talking a sort well, of metallic? I'm or... not I'm not talking metallic, no, but a pale silver grey, a dark grey. We do more of a dark grey in winter. We have a silver grey this season, and they really sell. And they're so pretty because, again, it suits all skin tones. Right. I never would have thought. I'd never occur to me to buy grey underwear. Pale grey or dark grey. Yes. And it's, and it's trimmed, you know, it'd be trimmed with pink or mm-hmm. with blue or there's always another colour trim on it. And I, I'm very inspired by that whole Dolce Gabbana rose thing that, again, is just not going away. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dolce and Gabbana, I mean, that a lot of their, you know, fashion... Um, output is based really on the bra or the basque or the corset. I mean, extraordinary. Yeah. 
And and lots of floral and lots of animal. I know. I was thinking of Dolce and Gabbana and it brought me back to leopard print. When can we expect the most wonderful leopard print bra and knickers? I'm hoping very soon. I'm working on it. I can't wait. Elisa, thank you so much for joining us on this Debenhams podcast. It's been great fun getting into the sort of the undercover story about lingerie. And do join us next time for our next Debenhams podcast. Bye for now.